0: Hi guys and welcome back to the weekly lift podcast. I am Lucy Evans and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you live a healthier and happier life physically as well as mentally in a way that is realistic and most of all sustainable long-term. It is my mission to humanize the female fitness industry and I love that you are here with me on this journey. Hey guys, before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to pop on and say if you do enjoy what you hear and you feel like you need further support and accountability when it comes to adopting and implementing a healthy lifestyle, we have now helped hundreds of women feel better in themselves physically and mentally and most importantly in a way that is realistic to them long term. So click the link down in the show notes if you would like some more information on how we can help or pop me a follow over on Instagram. My Instagram handle is Lucy underscore Team where you'll find tons more free advice and I would love to have you. So let's get into today's episode. I hope that you enjoy it. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of your weekly lift. I hope that you're all having great weeks. I can't believe another week is here where it is time to record the podcast, but I've had some really lovely compliments on the podcast this week. Um, I've had like three different people on different occasions. You know, I can't pronounce my THs. I'm saying the number three. um, say how natural my podcast sounds, um, which is a really lovely compliment because you guys know I am all about realistic, healthy lifestyle and as a result I do try to come across real and relatable and the fact that that has come across in these podcasts is just really lovely to hear. I don't actually ever listen back to these, I don't edit them um, because the reality is the information is still going to be relayed the same way regardless if I listen back to it or, and edit things out or not. So what you hear is what you get <laughs> with this one and yeah I just really appreciate all the lovely feedback because um you know sometimes it is it can be a big commitment every week to come up with a topic plan them like a lot goes into them and putting them out there so just to know that you guys find them useful and enjoy them um is a really nice thing to hear it has been an exciting week at lift hq this week um i have just put out a advertisement for my second coach i keep calling them my second coach I'm obviously a coach, so technically it is my third coach, but to take the second person on board, I guess um you guys will know that Laura joined me in June this year and it has just gone from strength to strength. she is slotted right in um, we bounce off each other really well. you guys have loved her so it's now time to bring in the next person and I have to admit it's been a scary step like, It is scary when you do things outside of your comfort zone. Um, But this little quote reminded me this morning, I was actually flicking through my notepad of quotes, um, not of quotes, of notes. And there was a quote I'd written down in there, which I obviously needed to hear today. Um, And it said something like, um, there's faith and there's fear, and they both require you to believe in something that you haven't seen yet. And it's so true, like you're you can be scared about something and let it hold you back, but you're just believing in something that might not even happen versus having faith that something's going to happen. You don't know whether it's going to happen, but you may as well have faith that it is. And So do the scary thing, guys, like take this as your sign to make sure you're moving forward. Make sure you're pushing yourself out of your comfort zone because staying in your comfort zone is boring and nothing ever exciting happens there so if you're feeling a little bit bored with life then have a look at where you can push yourself out of your comfort zone because pushing myself out of my comfort zone this week and taking the next step to bring on coach number two um has really like given me like fire in my belly again this week I mean I've had fire in my belly for a little while now but it's just given me that extra boost this week which has just been really nice so today's episode was asked of me by you guys when I asked a while back for some inspiration when it comes to podcast topics and I really liked this one because I think it's actually something that a lot of people don't cover. Um, we chat a lot about morning routines, getting up early to exercise, starting your day in the best way um and i have done a whole podcast episode on morning routines so go back and listen to that if you're interested um however we don't ever hear much about evenings and what we can do in the evenings to ensure that we can have a good morning routine, or we can go into the next day feeling our best, but equally how we can end the day feeling our best as well. Because when it comes to living a healthy lifestyle, there are a lot of barriers that get in the way. That could be things like stress, it could be things like lack of sleep, tiredness, um, that actually prevent us from taking the things that we off that we need to do. However, there are I guarantee you some things in your evening routine that you could be doing better that would have a knock-on impact on your day, um, which, or how you feel within yourself, which would mean adhering to a healthy lifestyle would be a lot easier. So today's episode is going to take you through some tips, some advice, um, and some things that you can look at in your own evening routine to make it better. And this is... Things that I have picked up from tweaking my own evening routine, um, from things that my clients have done or found useful. And I think the first thing I want to say before I get into it is there is no right way to do an evening or a morning. It is all going to be very realistic and personal to you, right? That's why, with my coaching or our coaching at Team Lift, like the, a massive part of it is around making sure that it suits your lifestyle because you'll never stick to it otherwise and it's no different when it comes to a morning or an evening routine. There is no one size fits all. What works for me won't necessarily work for you. Um, and there will be people that listen to this and be like, I couldn't possibly do that in my evening routine. But hopefully what you will do is you will listen to this podcast. It will allow you to evaluate what you currently do in your evening and maybe give you some inspiration on where you could change or what you could do better, which is going to make you feel better within yourself. So the first thing I'd say is no morning routine or evening routine has to be complicated. I think we see a lot of these like self-development books that say you need to have your power hour or your no screen time before bed, right? And again, all this just comes down to is all these unrealistic things. So I think firstly, we massively overcomplicate evening routines and morning routines we massively overcomplicate them we we think that they need to take up all this time um and they need to have all these fancy things in and don't get me wrong if you do that and that works for you then great but i would say for 99.9 percent of the population it doesn't work And actually we don't need to be implementing all these fancy techniques or putting these rules and restrictions in place to have a good evening routine. We just need to look at what we are currently doing and see how we can make it slightly better. So why have an evening routine? Well, the first thing I would say is a lot of people look at the morning routine and how they can get up earlier to work out, but no one actually ever looks at the night before and how they spend their evening. So if you are someone that that wants to be a morning person who wants to get up and exercise before work or have the time to go out for a walk, instead of thinking, how can I get up earlier? Think, what can I do with my evening routine to make that morning feel easier? Also, I find a lot of people struggle with sleep um, or they struggle with um, switching off. And again, what how you spend your evening routine um, or what you do within your evening can massively impact how you switch off and how much you sleep, which then obviously is going to impact how you can adhere to a healthy lifestyle. If you're constantly stressed and worrying about work, then that exhausts energy for going to the gym or cooking yourself a healthy meal. Um, if you are constantly not getting enough sleep, then you're tired the next day and that makes you crave sugar. So you can see how like your evening routine is important because like things like sleep, stress, fun time, um, organisation, they all feed into what we do the night before. So first of all, I thought I'd start by taking you through what my evenings tend to look like. So this is something that has evolved over time, my lifestyle. It doesn't happen like this every night, depending on what I have going on. But I would say, let's say generally, this is what my evenings look like. So the first thing is, is I'm quite strict with myself in terms of what time I finish work. Now that doesn't mean that I have to finish at 4 p.m., but I probably try not to be at my laptop past six to maybe 7 p.m. And some days I might finish at five, some days I might finish at seven. But regardless, if I choose to finish at seven, that is my choice, right? Because I truly am excited about what I'm doing and I wanna work on something. So it kind of depends on how much I have on. But the first thing I would say is I I do set myself a finish time because. When you are self-employed, and maybe even generally if you're a busy, busy um, if you're career-driven, driven, there is always something to do. There is always something. I could sit here all night and I still wouldn't have finished my to-do list, right? So you have to restrict in terms of what time you finish work, and we'll get onto that in a minute. Then I try and do some form of movement. I very rarely will go finish my, at my laptop, um, and go and sit on the sofa. Like the chances of that happening are pretty slim to none because I've been sat at my desk all day. And the last thing I want to then go and do is be a slob on my sofa and not move my body for another five or six hours. Right. Um, so I will always get in some kind of movement and for me it works with my routine of that being a walk because I get my exercise done in the morning and then I go and do a little walk. Um, At the moment it's dark evening so I've bought myself a treadmill which I put in the garage and I go and I watch TV, I put on maths at the moment on my iPad and I literally will just set it up and do like whatever steps I need to finish off um, on the treadmill. Once I have done that, I go and change my clothes. I might have a shower, depending on if I've already showered that day, um, or I might change just into my pyjamas. But what I will do is I will change my clothes. And I know that sounds like an obvious thing, right? But when you work from home and you're in your work clothes and you haven't had a chance to like get out of them... Like sometimes it can make you feel like you're still at work, Um, especially when I used to work in an office. Like the first thing I would do was get my smart clothes off and put my comfy clothes on. But now I work in my comfy clothes. I work in gym leggings and a hoodie every day, which is great. But for some reason now gym leggings and hoodie feels like work clothes to me. So I then go and put on some comfy clothes to almost signify to my brain that my work is finished. One thing I actually forgot to mention, which I'm going to come back to because I think it's important, is... When I shut my laptop and I'm strict with that finish time, I clean up my desk. So sometimes I can have like mugs on my desk from out the day. I'll have like scrappy bits of notes that I've been writing down. Drawers might be open, but I always clean my desk because again, signifies the work's finished. And then when I come and sit down at work the next day, just coming down and like having no dirty mugs on it and the, the desk being tidy signifies that I'm ready and set up for the next day. So. Definitely, like, cleaning your environment and making sure your environment is least tidy for the next day can have a massive impact on then how you show up for work the next day. Anyway, fast forward back to watching maths on the treadmill. Um, I like to watch maths on the treadmill. Um, and if I'm not doing the treadmill, I will go out for a walk with Louie. And in the summer in particular, I used to make this time my no phone time. Um, so... Again, like when you work from home, it can be quite easy to have like those really blurred lines between home and work. So for some people that wish they could work from home, like I would sometimes do anything for that drive home in rush hour to sit in the car because it would just allow my brain to like decompress. Um, So I actually have to leave the house to almost decompress to come back and make it signify that it's the evening. Anyway, so I would have what I'd call no phone time. I'd been on laptops all day. I'd maybe been on phones like all day if I was doing check-ins, for example. And sometimes I just want to stop looking at my phone. Normally I'll do like an Instagram post around five o'clock and then I'll be looking at how well it's doing or if anyone has found it interesting or commented. So this time for me, which is called no phone time, Um, it's something that I've just found really beneficial, like going for that walk without my phone and just like actually having a chance to, talk to Louis, like discuss how the day's gone without that, like those digital distractions. Um, and actually one of my clients this week said to me that she went on a walk with her family over the weekend and it was really nice because they all had a chance to just chat to each other. Um, so like actually physically getting out the house and doing some movement after work does allow you just to kind of have a little debrief on your day um, and almost signify the difference between like, okay, work and home. It also means that you don't really bring that stress home with you because I was listening to a Law of Attraction podcast this week, shock, and it was all about like vibrational shifts and how physical movement sometimes is the best way to have like a vibrational shift. And... Because it like physically moves the energy in your body, and it's so true in the sense that if you've had a stressful day or something's weighing on your mind, maybe your boss sent you like a like shitty email or something like that. Just going out and moving means you're not going to dwell on it. You're not going to come home and bring that, that that stress home with you because you've created that gap between work and home and i love that hours walk where i don't have a phone and i go into kind of evening mode then i will come home cook myself a nice dinner or louis will cook dinner um i have to admit he is probably the cook in our house which i know a lot of people are quite surprised by but he probably cooks dinner for us most of the time i will like clear up and like do bits around whilst he's cooking um, and then once we've eaten dinner, we will probably watch something on the TV and relax before we go to bed. So I would say it's a pretty normal, evening in routine um, and nothing fancy or special, but there are some key things that I do in that, in those hours, which allow me to wind down properly, which allow me to get a full night's sleep. And they also allow me to get up for a 7am CrossFit class every morning um, and have a better um a better day ahead. So I'm gonna take you through some of the things um, and I will relate them back to me. Um but I'll also I've added some things in there that my current clients do because I appreciate some of you will listen to this evening routine and be like, that wouldn't work for me because I have two kids that I have to look after, or I've got the kids bath time or bedtime, or, you know, just in general, it might not work for you. And that's fine. Like I said, not everyone's routine will um, work. There's no one size fits all. um, And everyone's routine will look slightly different. But I would say I do get up early every day. I do go to bed at a decent time and I do get a decent night's sleep. So the chances are the things I'm doing in my evening routine are working. (laughs) So hopefully you will take some inspiration from it. Okay, the first thing I would say that helps in terms of an evening routine is making sure you structure and plan your day so that you haven't got loads to do come the evening. If you are someone that gets up late and then doesn't go to the gym and sits at a desk all day and then also goes to the supermarket every night because they haven't done a food shop, It's going to suddenly make the evenings feel very overwhelming. If you've got to go to Sainsbury's and get dinner and then you've also got 10,000 steps to do and a workout to fit in, something there is going to give. Like you're either going to end up getting a takeaway, you're going to miss your steps, you're not going to bother with the workout, right? So structuring your day so that you don't have loads left to do by the evening can really help. And I try and work on the theory that if I could have like one thing left to do, then that will, be, like, I, then for me that works well. Um, so I get a food shop in every week and the food is already there in the fridge. So I don't have to think about dinner. Um, I don't have to think about what I'm going to cook or where I'm going to get it from or allowing the time to go and get it. So automatically that's my nutrition sorted. Um, I get my workout done in the morning. Um, so again, I don't have to work out to have a workout to think about. I like, and I've said this in previous podcasts. That didn't always used to be the case. Um, I genuinely was always an evening workout girl, and it wasn't until I was consistent. I wanted to be consistent that I had to start doing my workouts in the morning because by the evening I was always too tired. Also there's something to be said about by the time I get home from crossfit I've usually done about 4000 steps right which means then throughout the course of the day even with a desk job I probably do about another 1000 to 2000 like that will be going to the kitchen to get food going to the toilet making a cup of tea let's say And then by the time it gets to the evening, I've only got about half my steps left to do. So that's only about like a maybe 40 minute to half an hour walk. For half an hour to 40 minute walk that I need to do, right? And that doesn't feel that overwhelming. Whereas if I hadn't done anything in the morning and I had 9,000 steps to do because I'd only done 1,000 throughout the day, that would suddenly feel a bit overwhelming and too much. So you can see how allowing yourself enough time and planning your days properly can stop you from having that feeling of, I've got too much to fit in, I can't possibly do it all in the evening. Um, so try and make manoeuvre your day so that you've got as much as possible done by the time that evening comes. The second thing I used to be really bad at was, allowing too much chill time like I would come home and think oh let's on the sofa and watch tv and the minute I've sat down I'm much less likely to then go back out so I like to get everything done um and then I like to have like an allocated amount of chill time like until time for me is sitting and watching something on Netflix I'm not ashamed to admit that um you know some people say they don't have a tv or they don't Uh, watch rubbish fine whatever works for you but (laughs) for me my chill time is watching now like maths on Netflix and I like to have at least an hour of that every night Um, so having a specific window for chill time I think definitely means that you know you know you've got it coming so you can almost allow a bit more time but also I think it prevents you from sitting down too early or maybe, like, staying at work too late, or sorting out everybody else before you actually do anything for yourself can, you know, it, it can have an impact. So, having allocated chill time and not allowing yourself too much, but equally not allowing yourself too little. Um, I think personally, everyone needs some kind of chill time in the evening. Um, You know, at the end of the day, it's about de-stressing from the day and winding down. Um, And I think like, you know, being strict with your windows in terms of what that looks like is key. Because sometimes I think we consider like chill time, anything not outside of work, but that is not true, like, if I've got to finish work, tidy up the house, go and get food in, like, none of that is chill time, it's still doing things that I don't want to do, so I'm thinking, like, chill time needs to be spending an hour, at least, doing stuff you actually want to do, that might be like reading a book, watching your iPad, it might be having a bath, you know, but making sure you schedule in some downtime, but equally have if you are someone that thinks I have way too much time in the evenings and actually I could do a lot more with that time realistically then try and, try and give yourself a time you're going to sit down by and see what you can achieve before that. The next part of the podcast is quite a lot around sleep and when I was prepping for this podcast it kind of went into a gray area of like a good sleep routine and a good evening routine. So you know, the next bit is going to be a bit more about things you can do before bed that are going to help you switch off. Um, and also maybe help in terms of your sleep as well. So the biggest problem I see with a lot of people is they stay up too late. Um, they either get into a series on Netflix, we've all been there, um, and end up watching it till God knows what time in the morning. Or you just are genuinely in a habit of going to bed late and sleeping in late the next day. Um, There's a saying that something like for every hour after 12, it takes two before. And it's so true. So basically what it means is, is if you stayed up till 1am, your body would feel like two hours worse off than one hour past midnight oh my god what am I even trying to say I know what I'm trying to say um and it's basically something like going to bed earlier is going to pay so much more in terms of how you feel but an hour later can actually feel like way more than what you think it's going to feel so like 1am could actually be like really could feel probably like 2am 3am does that make sense So basically, like going to bed at a decent time when your body is actually tired is going to allow you enough time, one, to have a restful sleep, but two, it just gets you in a better routine in terms of your day. And I'm sure there's a load of science behind it, but I'm not going to go into it because I don't know what it is. Um, but I know for a fact, like if I go to bed at 10 or 11, I feel way better going to bed at that time than I would at like 1am. might not feel like much difference, but it really does. So Megan, looking at your bedtime, I also think like, being strict with yourself in terms of your bedtime is key as well um so like I always say to myself if I'm if I'm going to CrossFit I need to be in bed by 10 p.m um because if it gets to 11 we're talking like okay we're not going to get much sleep here and and also for the mums out there that maybe don't get loads of sleep because their kids wake them up in the night or whatever, a lot of my clients have said that going to bed earlier, it doesn't necessarily improve how much they're woken up in the night, but it does mean that they do have sleep for longer, because they are in bed for longer, Um, so even if I don't feel tired, sometimes I will just go up and like read my book, or even sometimes I will just watch the iPad, um, but I will be in bed and I will be ready for bed so that when I finish watching the iPad, I'm ready to go to sleep. It's not like, oh, I'm gonna, um, I now need to go up to bed, brush my teeth, put my pajamas on. And then all of a sudden it's another half an hour later. So if you are someone that does like that chill time, or maybe you don't get much chill time in the evening, Try going to bed at a decent time and even if you don't sleep at a decent time, at least you are in bed at a decent time and you are more likely to sleep and you are ready and prepared to sleep. And I kind of touched upon this next point when I finish work but I also do it in terms of my house. So once we've had dinner, I like to try and clear up dinner and put it away and like the kitchen be ready and done ready for the next day there is nothing worse than when you haven't bothered to clear up and then in the morning you come down to like the dirty dishes or the blanket from the sofa is all on the floor so Try and set that intention before you go to bed that you're going to prepare your space and your environment for the next day because when you wake up, then the next day, you're going to automatically feel fresher because you're going to walk into a tidy kitchen and not suddenly see all of these things you've got to do from the night before. The same goes if you're like a morning workout person. Um, if you work out from home, like sometimes my clients like to get their equipment out and lay it out ready for the next day um or they you know for me when I was trying to get into early morning workouts I would make things as easy as possible for myself and I would put like my keys in one place my headphones in another my workout clothes out so that all I had to do was like roll out of bed and just get everything instead of being like looking around for my keys or finding out my headphones weren't charged or something like that so Try and prepare and organize your environment as much as possible because one, you'll go to bed feeling like, okay, that's all done. And the second thing is you will feel much better for it the next morning, which means you've got more space to focus on other things that you need to be doing. Now, let's talk about screen time. Everything you read talks about how you should cut off all electronics two hours before bed. And if I'm being completely honest with you, in the world that we live in, I personally don't feel like that is possible. That being said, there are some things we can do to help reduce our screen time. So I would, and I am a big believer of this, and I wouldn't say I'm perfect at it, but like when you're looking on social media, let's say before you go to bed you're seeing stuff that you're not in control of seeing, it might be some like a post that upsets you, or it might be something really negative, or it might be something happy, great, but what you're doing is you're like overloading your brain with all this information and stuff before you go to bed. So before you go to bed, one thing you really want to do is try and quiet and quieten the brain as much as possible. Um, So making sure like, You're not scrolling on social media and just looking at stuff that's out of your control. But if you are consuming, make sure you're consuming stuff that is within your control. So for me, this is a really weird habit, but I'm just going to throw it out there. Sometimes I like to read the news app before I go to sleep, and people are going to listen to this and think I'm an absolute weirdo. I can choose what articles I read. Like I don't have to read something awful about somebody dying or you know, what have you. Um, But what it does do is I'm in control of it. And sometimes it just allows my brain to focus on that one thing, instead of it popping off in all these different directions. And genuinely, when I can't sleep, sometimes I will just read something, whether that be the news, whether that be a book, because it allows my brain to switch off and stop going off into different areas. So my point is, is try and find something that works for you. Like, I don't think personally saying no phone whatsoever is realistic. Because for me, like, I like having my phone by my bed in case there's like an emergency in the night and someone needs to get hold of me, right? So to say turn off your phone, it's it's not realistic for my lifestyle. But I don't have to be led there scrolling on social media, especially for me when like a lot of my social media is work. So it's almost the equivalent of laying in bed on my laptop, which I wouldn't do if I didn't have this job. So I'm not going to do it now. Um, So I do try and set myself limits. Like I'll say after this time, I'm not going to go on social media, but it won't be no phone time. Or one thing I have done in the past, I don't do it anymore, but I have found it useful when it suited my life was I'd put my phone in flight mode, or I would set it to like do not disturb or those focus, you can do like focus things on your phone where it grays out certain um, apps. So basically, like, look at what you waste a lot of time on or look at what maybe causes you a bit of stress, like it might be incoming WhatsApp groups or notifications, and turn them off. And allow yourself that free time and your your brain that free time to switch off from the outside world. The other thing that prevents us from switching off are the things we eat or drink close to bedtime. So a big thing that I like to do, or I stopped doing when I first got got a coach, was I wouldn't have caffeine past lunchtime. I've now actually got myself to a point where I only have one cup of coffee in the morning and that be it. But when I used to work at Costa and coffees were free, you can imagine that was not the case. So if you're someone that struggles to sleep, yeah, and you, you constantly moan about how bad your sleep is and how you can't switch off and your brain always feels like it's buzzing, but you're drinking coffee all day then take a look at your coffee routine. And, and that sounds like really simple. But some people don't even realize that it could be their coffee or their caffeine intake. Same with like fizzy drinks. Um, I know for me, like full fat fizzy drinks can really wake me up and put me on edge a little bit. So I'm not having like a Lucozade or a Monster Can or what have you anywhere near the evening. And there are definitely some stats about how long it takes for caffeine to come out of your body. Um, I can't remember what it is, but um, yeah, it's not, it's not ideal. Same goes for alcohol. I know a lot of us like to have like that wind down drink in the evening. Again, can massively impact our sleep um, and like the sleep cycles we can go into, but also can make our brains kind of go into that overload mode, which again, prevents us from switching off. So The more you can reduce your caffeine and your alcohol intake past 12 in the afternoon, like the better you are gonna sleep and be able to switch off and feel rested during the evening. The next point I should have actually touched on a little bit when I was talking about setting yourself up for the next day, but um, I kind of just wrote these points out as I thought of them. So they're not really in any particular order, but one thing I would say is your room. Um, your room being a nice, calming and peaceful environment to be in. Um, you know, if you've got boxes of clothes in the corner or dirty washing hanging out the, the basket or it's overloading and you realise that you've got so much washing to do or you've got cups on your bedside table from three days ago, all of this is going to consciously or subconsciously not allow you to switch off. Um, So make sure you set your environment up for sleep. And they do say this rule is like nothing but sleep in the bedroom, probably like, yeah, sleep. (laughs) Um, But I mean, I like I do watch my iPad in the bedroom, like and but you know, some people will work on their bed, for example, you won't ever catch me in my bedroom with my laptop. So it's just about making sure that your whatever works for you your bedroom is set up for that restful sleepy environment um so that when you go into your bedroom your bed your your body's and your brain knows okay we're getting close to sleep time now um so for me that means like I make my bed every morning so that my bed is nice and fresh and you know when I get in it feels comfy and inviting um you know I will make sure that every morning when I make the bed I take any dirty cups down so that you know I can um there's not a load of mess um I don't actually have my washing basket in my bedroom for this reason um because I hate looking at how much dirty washing or what washing I've got to do um so again just make sure that like clothes are away um and it's just set up for a nice sleep because you're going to then go into that bedroom and be like ah this feels nice it feels peaceful and it's also going to make you probably want to go into it more as well because if you are someone that's guilty of staying up and watching netflix for too long then actually having like an inviting space to go to bed and sleep in might actually make you feel better now I would say this one's more of a sleep routine, this bit, but it is things that have helped me switch off and signify it is kind of downtime now. Um, and this is something I did a while back cause I never used to sleep very well. And that has massively changed for, for me now. And there's a couple of things that I've implemented that allow that to happen. So the first thing I did was I upgraded my bed sheets and this might sound like a really small thing, but having nice, clean, silky soft bed sheets makes me want to get into bed. I love getting to my bed and being like, "This is the comfiest bed in the world." Um, and yeah, I'm quite particular about my bed sheets, guys. I'm not gonna lie. Um, but it is a small thing that we overlook um, and can make us feel better. So, firstly, like making sure that you know you haven't got old pillows old duvets or you just don't find your bed very comfy the second thing I've introduced is a sleep spray so I actually use this works sleep spray it's like a lavender one um, didn't really notice any different and to start with I have to admit Um, But now what my brain has got to the point that it smells that smell and it instantly associates it with sleep. So implementing something like a sleep spray, if you don't like the spray on your sheets, um, they sometimes do um, candles, they do like lavender candles, they might be a good shout. Um, But all of them are like smells that firstly promote relaxation, but also your brain gets used to them promoting relaxation and it signifies it as bedtime. Um, A while back, I haven't done it for a while, but I used to do a little meditation. Now, again, meditation for a lot of people isn't realistic wasn't realistic for me, especially as I'm like a busy person. I, I literally couldn't think of anything worse than sitting still. But obviously sleep is when you do actually lay still and switch off. So I just started off small. Um, it's called purely being meditation. And there's a sleep on, on there. It's like 10 minutes. And it almost works as like a body scanner. So it allows you that place to focus and um, switch off on your brain in your brain, in your brain, yeah. Um, so I love that one. And sometimes if I really am struggling to switch off, I will put that on and I will do that 10 minute meditation and I'm asleep before the end of it. So, you know, implementing something that allows you to sleep. Sometimes people don't do meditation. They might listen to like sleep stories. There's apps that, you know, you can listen to the rain or the sea or whatever it is that floats your boat. But implementing something that allows your brain if you are someone that gets in bed and then you suddenly start thinking about all the things you need to do then allowing yourself like that space to focus on something else could really help um and then just like clean pajamas if you wear pajamas I don't know um but like clean pajamas blackout blinds all of these things can make a difference in terms of how our body signifies downtime. Wow, this is actually quite a long podcast for me, guys, you know, (laughs) chatting on my own. But I clearly had a lot to say about your evening routine. So... Like I said, I think an evening routine is beneficial for so many reasons, and hopefully, just listening to this has allowed you to re-evaluate your own evening routine, and you can start maybe implementing some of the things that I have suggested. And if you do implement them, don't forget to let me know. My Instagram is Lucy underscore Team Lift. I genuinely love to hear your feedback. But just to summarise my points, because I think it's always nice to have a little bit of a summary at the end. Um, if you're someone 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 who struggles to sleep or switch off or finish work on time or have any of that downtime or that chill time, then implementing some of these things could really help. So firstly, structure your day so you don't leave everything to the last minute and you're cramming everything in. Make sure you allow time for fun, like genuine fun and chill. um, And equally don't allow too much time for fun and chill. Um, Don't stay up too late. Have yourself a set and realistic bedtime Um, make sure you're organized for the next day have your kitchen tidied up have your workout clothes laid out you know do whatever you can to make your morning easier Um, don't try and have too much screen time before bed um, or just set yourself boundaries in terms of who can contact you or what apps you can use Make sure your sleep environment is set up for success. So don't sleep in a messy room, have nice PJs, have good um, bedding um, and just make your room that inviting environment. And don't forget that what you eat and drink during the day will impact how you switch off um, and how your evening goes. So try and restrict kind of any kind of caffeine or um, meals after 12 p.m. So like I said, hope that you found this podcast helpful and it really helps you put something into your evening routine. Um, But I'm excited to hear what you think and I will see you all next week for another episode.